This is Josh Kanak, and I'm a sales agronomist in CHS Ag Services in Hazel, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. There's snow showing up on the radar this morning, extending from the Brookings area north to the Grand Forks area. It's also a system to the east in central and uh, uh, northern North uh, Minnesota, rather. And there's also a line of snow from the Canadian border north of Kandu to the Steel Tappan area of North Dakota. North winds will pick up behind the system to create blowing and drifting of snow this afternoon and evening. The National Weather Service is forecasting four to six inches of snow at Ada, Grand Forks, Thief River Falls, and Bemidji. Two to three inches of snow expected at Langdon and Hallock. One to two inches predicted for Fargo, Fergus Falls, and New Rockford. According to the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City's Ag Credit Survey, farmland values continued to increase in 2022. The value of non-irrigated farmland rose 9% from the previous year. Rental rates for all types of farmland increased 12%. The farm financial position has been helped by several years of strong income. Loan repayment rates are improving at a gradual pace. However, the number of farm borrowers seeing an extension or renewal is up slightly from a year ago. The enrollment period for the Conservation Reserve Program begins next week, Monday, February 27th. 23 million acres are now enrolled, with 1.9 million acres scheduled to expire this year. For the year, the Farm Service Agency has a cap of 27 million acres for the program. In an interview with the Red River Farm Network, FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau said CRP enrollment should not be influenced by high commodity prices. Our role with the Conservation Reserve Program is to give producers an alternative to staying in the commodity market and an alternative to take their less productive lands out of production and put them into something else that can help them develop another income stream or develop some other kind of production. High CRP participation has been linked to a downturn in rural communities in the past, but Ducheneau does not agree with that premise. Uh, I guess I hadn't heard anything about the negative impact, but I guess I could see where that might be something that's asserted. I think as much as anything, the negative impact on these rural communities has been the get bigger, get out mantra. And the work that we're able to do in this administration with the support of the secretary to help the small producers, more small producers are better for those rural communities because that keeps the people there, keeps the capital circulating in those communities. Ducheneau was part of the Pheasant Fest program this weekend in the Twin Cities. Several Farm Service Agency program deadlines approaching in the coming months. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. The Livestock Indemnity Program deadline on March 1st is quickly approaching. North Dakota Farm Service Agency Executive Director Marcy Svenningson says North Dakota received over 2,000 notices of loss. We know that there were a lot of losses out there. We had 2,100 approximately notices of loss filed this last year in North Dakota, primarily due to those two April spring storms. To date, we've paid out 425 of those applications, totaling $3.4 million. So we know that there's quite a few applications that need to come in yet, and so we're encouraging our ranchers to finish up those applications and get them turned in by March 1st. As soon as the application is in and approved by the county committee, payments are made. 
And, of course, we did see an increase. That bottom tier went from $175 up to $474. Svenningson says farmers need to start thinking about the ARC and PLC programs. Our ARC PLC enrollment election deadline is coming up March 15th. So far, I think we have about 30% of our producers have been in and actually finished the sign-up, and we're getting kind of concerned. We want producers to start coming in. We don't want that last-minute everybody trying to get into the county office that last week that it's available. So we're hoping to encourage producers, come in, get your uh, elections made. If you're having uh, difficulties trying to decide, we do have a webinar that we are participating in coming up on February 28th at 9 a.m. North Dakota Farmers Union is hosting the webinar. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, visit Facebook and Twitter. You can also find stories, podcasts, and more at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. Tensions between the United States and China are on a low boil. The U.S. is warning China against supplying weapons and ammunition to Russia. This is the latest skirmish between the two superpowers following the downing of the Chinese surveillance balloon. China is the top export market for U.S. agriculture, accounting for a record $33 billion in sales this past year. That's up 25% from 2020. The North Dakota House Agriculture Committee passed House Bill 1371 late Friday. That would change North Dakota's corporate farming laws. North Dakota Farmers Union will continue to work toward the changes in the bill as it moves on to the Senate after crossover. That bill passed 9-2. to two. The National Association of State Departments of Agriculture is taking action steps on key policy initiatives North Dakota Agriculture Commissioner Doug Goring feels NASDA is taking a productive position on federal issues. It takes a hard position on EPA's what we call the sue and settle agreements, the consent degree, decrees that uh, EPA is, is so willing to rush to right away with activists and then it forces changes. Uh, on labels, on registrations. Uh, It's even led to some cancellations of products, tools in the toolbox for for farmers. NASDA is also seeking more direction on the approach to animal diseases such as high path avian influenza. I mean, there's been a lot of turkeys and poultry that have had to be depopulated in the last year. And there are some states that were kind of left trying to figure out how do we approach this, what are we supposed to do. USDA staff wasn't necessarily available. Some of them were still working remotely, wouldn't want to come and work, you know, at ground zero. There was a lot of my colleagues that pushed back pretty hard on that and said that's got to change. To celebrate youth and agriculture and agricultural education during National FFA Week, the Red River Farm Network is highlighting the success stories of former FFA members from Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Originally from Kansas, Pam Tonneson is a familiar face during North Dakota's state FFA convention. Tonneson's involvement in FFA actually started in her adulthood in Granville, North Dakota. Growing up in southwest Kansas, we didn't have an FFA program in our school. So when I really got my feet wet is when I started teaching in Granville in 1988. 
We had at that time an amazing egg education at the Bay Advisor, Jeff Hagel, and he was truly a mentor teacher. And I saw what he could do for all of our students, and I was just in awe of what those FFA kids could do. And they were the true leaders of our school. After Tonneson's two kids got involved, her role in FFA evolved. She now volunteers every summer at the state office and is the North Dakota alumni representative on the North Dakota FFA Foundation Board, where she also serves as secretary. The one thing that hits me the hardest is this is a passion for these kids. It's not just something that they do while they're in high school and then leave it. That passion carries on. And I can see that in the alumni chapters. That passion from FFA still is there. And those are the kids that we, we want to be our future, are the ones that have worn that blue jacket that continue to just excel at what they want to do. And it is a passion. If it wasn't a passion, they wouldn't do it. Pam and Terry Tonneson were awarded honorary state FFA degrees in 2011 for their support and the work that they've done. The Red River Farm Network's National FFA Week coverage sponsored by the Minnesota Agriculture Education Leadership Council, Proceed, Nutrien, and the Northern Canola Growers Association. Follow the Red River Farm Network's National FFA Week coverage on Twitter at RRFN and Facebook. Reporting Agriculture's Business, I'm Randy Conan on the Red River Farm Network. Thanks, Randy. There's just over 2 million farms nationwide, down 9,000 from last year. Minnesota has 67,100 farms, down 300 from 2021. In North Dakota, there's 25,900 farms, down 100 from a year ago. And USDA is estimating South Dakota has 29,400 farms, that is unchanged from last year. The average farm size nationwide is 446 acres. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Having equipment ready to go when you need it, it will be a focus now. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. The North Dakota House Agriculture Committee voted 11-2 due pass on House Bill 1501. Committee Chair Paul... Uh, we'll get to Whitney's story in a bit. First of all, as of February 1, North Dakota had just over 13 million hundredweight of potatoes in storage. That represents 57% of last year's crop. Minnesota has 12.5 million hundredweight in storage. That accounts for 62% of the 2022 crop. According to Acres and Shares broker Jason Menke, there were nine American Crystal Sugar Company beet stocks brokered uh, trades last week, totaling 387 shares at an average price of $4,462 per share. The grain markets remained quiet ahead of the President's Day holiday. AgroSampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says all eyes are looking ahead to the upcoming USDA Ag Outlook Forum. Some early surveys show generally a little bit of an increase in soybean acres, maybe a little bit of cut in corn acres, but we're both looking at uh, ending stocks being higher for both. So I think that's subduing trade, but again, it's an Outlook conference, so this is our first look. How much it really matters is entirely a, you know, a different thing, but that's the next big piece of news. Smith expects to see more soybean acres this spring. When we look at the total cost and, uh, you know, the planting, you know, the planting expense involved, 
Uh, that may favor soybeans. There's also an idea that we may see soybean prices be a little bit firmer vis-a-vis corn. So again, it's early, and a lot of those planning decisions will be individual. So we'll see how it works out. Traders spend Friday positioning ahead of, of the President's Day holiday. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson said weather also will be a focus when traders return this evening. Seeing how much rain or snow has fallen in the southern plains, uh, see if that winter wheat crop, uh, especially in Kansas or in Texas, sees an improvement. We're also going to be seeing the monthlies for February coming out soon. That'll help set the tone, I think, on the wheat market. But everybody's going to be watching to see if this uh, if the heat does come into play into Argentina. Of course, right now, that's looking like it's a pretty bad crop failure for that country, which puts more pressure on the need for uh, Brazil to uh, get that much bigger of a crop to make up for the difference. The outside markets will also impact the grains. You know, the big thing is, you know, looking at the outside markets, we're seeing some big movements as far as the dollar. It's up, you know, over uh, three-tenths of a cent. The Dow is down hard. Those are things that are going to have to be watched. And we're looking at crude oil taking a pretty big hit, too. All those kind of help drive what's going on in the grains. Markets, of course, closed today. The futures markets for the President's Day holiday. The futures activity will resume this evening. On the farm calendar, North Dakota Farmers Union hosting the Evolution Ag Summit. That'll be tomorrow in Jamestown. They'll focus in on carbon reduction initiatives that may shape agriculture and the food supply chain. And the International Crop Expo coming up this week, Wednesday and Thursday. That's at the Alaris Center in Grand Forks. The show starts at 9 o'clock each morning. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.